Welcome back to Bird's Eye View. When it comes to the Orioles, this weekly podcast is your official source for lack of insight and for basis opinion. Today is September 23rd, 2022. This is episode 352. My name is Scott Magnus. And this is Jake English. And on this week's show, we're going to go ahead and go around the bases and try to try to figure out who is going to own the Baltimore Orioles. And we'll reflect on some amazing experiences at Camden Yards this past week. And we'll do that right after we lubricate for the show. It's time for the drink of the week. Jake, what are you imbibing on this evening? Great question, Scotty. I am drinking a tarted up sour IPA, which is apparently brewed by the Idiom Brewing Company of Frederick, Maryland. And Scotty, I am a fan. I mean, what does it taste like? It tastes like a tarted up IPA, if that makes any sense. All right. So good. Yeah, I mean, if I, I'm not like uh, I'm trying to become a a more informed uh, drinker of sour beers, yeah. And uh, from what I can tell, this is both a little bit sour, heavy on the hops, and yummy. So yeah, I'll take it. So I am drinking uh, one of your favorites, Jake. I am drinking a shucking pumpkin from Big Oyster Brewery. I'm I'm sorry, what? A shucking pumpkin is is that a grapefruit beer? Uh, it is not. You're drinking pumpkin beer? A shucking pumpkin. At this time of year? Can you say shucking pumpkin five times fast? I can't say it once. All right. Scott Magnus, it's an insult to baseball season. It is still baseball season, and here you are drinking some jack-o'-lantern shaded beer. How dare you, sir? Well, with new environments comes new beer is the best way to describe it. So I've got to try new things. You know, we are in a new environment. Scotty has mentioned it. We are out of SD Studios. And Scotty, is it fair to say that SD Studios is retired at this point? Uh, SD Studios is um, has been traded away. It's about to be blown away. We are now in uh, JOT Studios for a very short period of time, and we're we're looking for a new home. So, if you are in the greater Bel Air area and have uh, a basement have, shed, I was going to say have suitable podcasting studio space. We're in the market. So, uh, Birdland, hit us up because this JOT Studios is is frankly subpar with what we're used to i mean honestly we'll just go in the back of your 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 truck or the back of your car i mean me and jake are you know not you know shy away from getting in the back of someone's car you can pretend we have standards yeah. you can pretend uh let's go ahead and uh figure out who is um we'll call it nursing a few um knee wounds is the best way to put it and um you know see what's going on in the medical wing Gotta be honest, medical wing not that horrific. I mean, it's not terrible. I think you know the biggest one. I think we need to talk about and start with is Tyler Wells. Tyler Wells was placed on the 15 day injured list, um, retroactive to September 20th. But this, in essence, ends his season um, unless you know miracle were to happen with the Baltimore Orioles. But it seems like Tyler Wells is done for the 2022 season. You mean he'll be available for the World Series? Is what you're saying? Uh, technically he could be available for the wild card if you really wanted him, but, uh, I don't think you want him. Um, how dare you, sir? Of course I want him. Yeah. I mean, big deal. So what, who cares? Or, I mean, I know the orders were trying to get him back and trying to get him to get some innings in for the rest of the season, get him ready for 2023. Um, but I know there was kind of that innings limit as well that he was running up against, too. I mean, how big of a deal do you think this is? I don't think it's a big deal, first and foremost, because we'll we'll talk about the state of Orioles pitching later in the show. Uh, but secondly, uh, I think if this was a different time of the year, mm-hmm. this would be something where he would get skipped. Oh, okay. And he would kind of get fine. moved around. Yeah. So they're using this as a rosterbation aspect. A- absolutely. Okay. Um, anything else that's kind of popping up on the medical wing that you wanted to talk about? There really isn't anything else. And and Scott, 
while we talk about, you know, getting toward the end of the year, I will just say that, you know, obviously it was a huge deal that we lost John Means for the season. Obviously, I think it was impactful that Grayson Rodriguez was not able to make the, the team on the schedule that we were hoping. But outside of that, I really think that for 2022, the Orioles were a relatively healthy club. And for a team where everything had to break right, uh, for them, for the team to be anywhere near entertaining, I mean, we got that, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, Jake just mentioned break. He just mentioned really good fortune for the Baltimore Orioles, which means that as soon as we're done recording this podcast, Adley Rutschman is going to have Terrace ACL. You are a terrible human being. So, terrible human being. Not terrible like an ACL. Terrible as in terrible. So, so when, it terrible. Happens, when it happens, folks, um, you know who to come back and blame now. Scott Magnus, you are wretched. And speaking of wretched, we should go directly to the internet. Let's look at the Orioles this week on the Twitters in 280 characters or fewer. And I, I just want to start with the Orioles. The Orioles gave us a, a great tweet this week, but uh, I've got some beef with it. This is, of course, the Orioles with their Fan Appreciation Weekend Salute video. But Scotty, heartfelt thanks from the Orioles players is one thing. But frankly, if you don't set it to music, cowards. Yeah. Cowardice. I'm not glad you came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm accustomed to my winning Orioles teams singing to me. And again, all we have is Bird's Eye View here to sing to us and on occasion Kevin Brown. So, um, <laughs> yeah, like I said, this is... Um, this is room for improvement. I will say, put it to music and you have me as putty in your hands, Orioles. Yeah. We were just talking about him in the medical wing, but uh, this next week comes from Orioles player development at O's player dev. Um, seven more punch outs from Grayson Rodriguez. Um, last night, Grayson is up to 103 strikeouts in 70 and two thirds innings this season. Okay. That sounds good. That sounds really good. I will say mm -hmm. some of those innings against way worse opponents than he'll see. Sure. I mean, I watched him pitch for at least three minutes at Aberdeen. Yep. And those hitters were no match for him. That's true. So we'll have to see how it transitions, but overall, really good stuff. All right, our next tweet comes to us from Orioles fans problems at Orioles fans probs with a Z because he thought that was funny when he was 16. I decided that I am comfortable with the Orioles missing the playoffs because that means that Rugnit the, the Rugnit Odor era will end sooner. Woof. That's Ryan, harsh. That is aggressive. I mean, I I don't disagree, but aggressive nonetheless. That must that's almost sounds like a married man for there for a second. Almost a married man. He he is showing the grumpiness that is is uh in his mid twenties and already telling people to get off his lawn. Man, that is that is rough stuff. Yeah. Ryan Blake, I, I am disappointed slash proud of you. Yeah. Um yeah, like it's you know interesting week in Baltimore Orioles um, baseball. Let's go ahead and uh, break it down and try to go around the bases and just try to figure out where do we stand with one week to go um, in the 2022 season. All right, Scott, here we are at first base, and I want to call this base, What is in the Water? Now, just to peel the curtain back, it is here Saturday, the 24th of September. You and I were going to get together on Friday, and that plan fell apart. Um, and because of that, we got to see another excellent start by an Orioles starter. Uh, what is in the Water? That's three tremendous starts one against detroit two against the houston astros holy moly yeah i mean you almost had a maddox um in in two days straight um so yeah really impressive um from both lyles bradish and dean kramer um yeah really impressive uh, i was actually just looking at this week just thinking about like yes the starting pitching has been good this season but not good enough and i wanted to see where they ranked um over the entire season and, and yeah, as much as we're looking at the aspects of you know some of the performances this week, I do have to think about it and say, you know, we don't still don't have a number one starter. We still don't have a number two starter. Um, I'm sorry. Can I stop you? Yeah, I disagree. Who? 
One is in the minors and the other is hurt. Uh, oh, you mean Grace Rodriguez and John Meats? I do. All right. Well, hopefully they're number one and hopefully the number two starter. Yeah, I'm a Baltimore Orioles fan, so my entire existence is based on hope. Yes. Like I said, hopefully the Cavalry will arrive. <laughs> but this team, as it's constituted, you are correct. No number one, no number two. But yeah, I mean, yeah. what do you think? Like, it's a weird aspect for these past three days. I mean, it's definitely, you know, it, take Dean Creamer, for example. I mean, he's had now two starts against the Astros, one as of this week and then one earlier this season where he did really well against them. Is it a possibility, you know, from the Astro standpoint that maybe Sigma Dell and Mike Elias have a little bit of information? Are, are you saying that maybe they are the the sleeper agents that Trey Mancini has been for us? Absolutely. There's no question. <laughs> it, here's what I think about Jordan Lyles, Dean Kramer, and Kyle Bradish being really good on three successive days. First... That might just be an aberration, right? It might just be a coincidence that three really good games happened in the course of a week. That's possible. The other thing that I'll say is that if we are going to get to where we hope to get, those three guys aren't going to be our frontline pitchers. No, of course not. And so if we are in a situation that our three, four, and fifth starter can spin gems every once in a while or even more frequently. Mm -hmm. What an amazing situation that is for the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. Um, if Dean Kramer does turn out to be, we'll call it a fourth or fifth starter. Would you consider the Manny Machado trade to be a success? I think we won the Manny Machado trade because I want it to be true. Okay. You're just going to keep telling yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say it until it seems right. We won the Manny Machado trade. So you and Yusniel Diaz are the only people in the world that say that. Absolutely. Okay. It, it's important that we win the trade because reasons. Absolutely. Let's go into second base, the Detroit series. The Orioles have performed so poorly versus Detroit this entire season. Um, as Jerry Seinfeld would say, what's the deal with the Orioles performing so badly against the Detroit Tigers? I love that he shows up so frequently <laughs> on around the bases. I don't know. Scotty, I can't tell if it's the type of deal where it is like, on, on one hand, you have, this is just uh, uh, a coincidence of, you know, laundry on a particular day when the Orioles just don't have it. And on the other hand, you have, well, you know, Maybe they have pitchers that match up really well, you know, for some particular reason against the lineup so that we've trotted up. Maybe it's a left-handed issue and we just don't have the the hitting this year that can match up against left-handed hitters. And again, on the other side, maybe it's, you know, the fourth Wednesday of every month. They just crap the bet. I don't know. But it is disheartening. It's disheartening, but I think it makes sense. I mean, even if you go back and take a look at good teams, like the Orioles in the Buckle Up Birds era would lose like, one out of six to like, or they would win one game and lose five games to like the Oakland athletics, for example, on when the Oakland athletics were not very good. So, I mean, I think this happens to good teams where good teams lose to bad teams and it just balances itself out. Um, there's plenty of games that we've won against really good teams. And you're just like, I'm not sure if our record should be that good against that team. Here's the thing. That's a total bummer though. Here on Saturday night, nine 24, 2022, the Orioles, though they are playing a game against the Houston Astros, find themselves three games out of the wild card. Four. Okay, they started the day three no, games no, no, out no. of the wild card. They started the games three games out of the wild card, but technically they're four games. But if you look at what they've done against uh, Detroit, oh sure, those that's the difference. It is that right there is the difference. Our ability to not handle a terrible club in the Detroit Tigers. Yeah is basically the difference of them not being in the driver's seat for the wild card. It I think it's coincidence. I think it I, is I think you it's know. I think it's I think it's coincident. I think it's a long season. I don't think it's anything to look at. I think this happens. I think if we were to go and pick out the Yankees, for example, we'd look at the Yankees record and be like, how the heck did they lose so many games to the, the Orioles. The Cubs, <laughs> for example, or something weird like that. Um, so I think this happens and it's not that big of a deal. I mean, um, I think about the, um, the matter where I think the Yankees got swept by the Reds earlier mm -hmm. this season. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it just happens. Like it stinks, but it just happens is the best way to put it. So you move on and just shrug your shoulders and say, 
That's baseball is the best way to put it. Yeah, I would like to go back at some point and look at, you know, who their starters were and what our lineup looked like, because I do think there's some reckoning that needs to be done. You know, you and I looked at where does the offense need to come from in a previous episode. And I think the games like the series with the the Tigers, you know, can be instructive for when the weaknesses show up for this club. What does it look like? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, all right, let's go to third base. Um, it's it's easy to be down right now. I mean, we were on the podcast, and we've already said before, the season is over. Um, you know, they're not going to get to the playoffs. Yes, mathematically, it's possible they could get to the playoffs. But, folks, let's be realistic here. They're three games back. Realistically, they're four games back because, like I just mentioned, they have a tiebreaker loss to the Mariners. Mm-hmm. Um they're not going to, in essence, get four games in 12 games. Like, let's let's be real. It's fun to see how close they can get, but it's not going to happen. Um, but not everything is sadness. You know, there's a lot of good things going on about Orioles baseball, um, and we saw that over the past few days. Jake, what are some good things that you've taken out of watching Orioles baseball to kind of close out the 2022 season? Are you just, are you just asking me to say something nice about the Orioles? Yes. Okay. And for once... I have no issues with this. I have a laundry list of nice things I can say about the Orioles. Yep. Uh, first and foremost, it is a joy. And I, I mean a joy. It is a joy to watch Jorge Mateo play baseball. Whether that be him running his way out of his helmet on the base paths, tying, setting, tying again the major league lead in, in stolen bases, or gold glove caliber defense. And I don't mean that backhandedly. And I don't mean that as a Homer gold glove caliber shortstop. Jorge Mateo is so much fun to watch play baseball every night. He does something where I'm like, wow, wow, that's great. Yeah, no, I agree. And I just keep watching him out there. And I'm also thinking about next year when the shift changes and I'm like, all right, what does that mean going forward for the Baltimore Orioles in terms of having someone that is a defensive you know, individual that has that kind of range has that arm strength. Um, and I'll be really interested to see where the Orioles want to play Jorge Mateo, because certainly he continues to impress with his range and his arm. Absolutely. You know, and y- you look for the way that whole defense will be constructed. I mean, you'll have Gunnar Henderson having the, the opportunity to win the job at third base. You have Mateo at short, you'll have Rugnan Odor at second base, the defensive wonder that no, he no is no, Okay, the left side of the defense is going to be exciting. Yes. It's going to be super exciting. Uh, I mentioned Gunnar Henderson. Let me say something else nice Mm -hmm. about the Orioles. Gunnar Henderson has been at least as good, if not better, than advertised. I think he's better than advertised. I mean, I think that, you know, I was expecting him to come up. I thought he was expecting him as a number one prospect to do well. Um, But I think he has... I'll be very interested next season. Let's just say this much. This is no knock against Adley or Gunner, but I'll actually be interested to see who is the more dynamic player next season. I think Gunner has a potential to be a more dynamic player over a full season than Adley Rutschman. Okay. I take no offense to that in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. But as a former catcher, yep. And as a uh, parent of a catcher, let me just ask you, yeah. do you think that it is easier to be, is is it easier to get people's attention as a third baseman than it is as a catcher? Absolutely. Yeah. No yeah. question. Uh, but to say, if, if I were to come to you as an individual that loves catchers and say, can you name me 15 catchers right now in Major League Baseball? No way. Like, no way. If I drop that number down to 10, I think you'd still have a hard time is the best way to put it. Whereas I came to you and said, can you name me 10 to 15 shortstops and third basements right now in Major League you're Baseball? Right. You could be 100%, like, boom, boom, 100%. boom, boom. So you're absolutely right that there is definitely more of a wow factor with position players than there are catchers. The thing is, is that we had the number one prospect in baseball. Mm-hmm. We promoted him. Then we had the number one prospect in baseball. Mm-hmm. And it would be really easy for us to be starstruck with Adley Rutschman, right, rightfully so. Sure. But Gunnar Henderson is making an impact at the major league level, getting our attention, and again, rightfully so. Yeah. And you're going to have the number one prospect in major league baseball next year when Colton Kalser becomes the number one prospect. Ooh, you heard it here, folks. Yeah, you really think that's the case? I do think that's the case. Ooh, ooh. You mean uh, I'm not going to steal it from the Verge, but like you just take a look at you know his season so far to date. And you, then you take a look at him getting promoted to AAA after Bowie's season came to an end. 
and he's still been dominating at the Triple E label. I'm sorry, did you just mention another Orioles podcast? I did. Did you just mention an Orioles podcast that you and I adore and think does great work? Absolutely. It, does that Orioles podcast that shall go nameless, except it's called The Verge, do they have a, a live show coming up soon? They do have a live show coming up on Wednesday, October 5th at Full Tilt Brewery. Um, they're going to be there from 4 o'clock. Uh, they're going to be either doing their live podcast at 8 o'clock that evening. Uh, you should come on out and um, give them some props, you know, for such a great season, for some, uh, you know, ending of the season, you know, you know, celebration, as it were, um, and maybe have a few beers with the guys. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll even be there to have a few beers with them. Uh, the Verge. Yes. You should listen to that show directly after listening to this show or directly before. In fact, go back in time and listen to The Verge and then go share beers and some time with those guys. I'm sorry. We were talking about Gunnar Henderson. We were talking about Gunnar Henderson. But if we're really going to talk about like prospects that have come from the minors, we've got to talk about Ali Rutschman, too, who, again... I'm I'm super high right now on Gummer Harrison, but we've got to also say Adley Rutschman doesn't look like a rookie whatsoever. In fact, he looks like the best catcher right now in Major League Baseball. It's incredible to see how long he has been here and how much we take for granted now that he is just gonna get the job done. Yeah. It really it was a few weeks ago, I don't know, two, three weeks ago. I've I've lost track of time. But there was a game that the Orioles ended up winning where Brandon Hyde pinch hit at uh, Austin Hayes for Adley Rutschman. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought to myself, wow, that's really surprising. Removed Hayes for Rutschman. And sure enough, he came through. Yep. But when... Was the, that the Toronto game? I don't remember. I bet you it was the Toronto game. But when the manager believes in a guy like that... Yep. And he comes through. The, the manager believes in the guy because he comes through in situations yeah. like that. It's incredible. Uh, I am blown away by how much comfort I have in Rutschman's play for as short a time as he's been in the majors. Yeah, I've been really impressed. And like the play discipline has been there through the entire season, in my opinion. What I've really been interested in watching in this August and September time frame has been watching the power start to develop out a little bit further. Um, and that's nothing against him. But again, you know, he's, I think, at 33 doubles at this given moment. Um, and I'm looking at his home run numbers, and I'm like, he is easily going to be a 25-plus home run catcher with the potential to be a 30-plus home run catcher. And then having the defensive work that he has behind the plate, I'm like, okay. Um, that's, again, like I said, one of the best catchers in Major League Baseball. And, and dude, is easy to root for. And as we build a team that... I mean, I think in the next few years, the Orioles are going to be... Jake is all about the smiles, all about the handshakes, all about the hugs. This team is going to be super fun to root for, and in no short order because of Adley Rutschman. Uh, we talked about the the rookies. We've talked about Jorge Mateo. Let's say some more nice things. Uh, I will say that pitching that we were not planning on depending upon mm-hmm. has been good. And, you know, we talked about the the three guys... Uh, Lyles, Kramer, and Bradish. But I got to be honest, of those three, I didn't really think that Lyles was anything special when we signed him. Sure. We have gotten way more way than more. I thought we would. Yeah, you got way more than you would have expected from Lyles. And like I said, we knew he was going to eat innings. Um, but, you know, he overall came in and gave you innings, but also he gave you some really nice starts as well. Um, and like I said, they, had, they haven't all been nice. I remember going to that Red Sox game, and it was a really <laughs> disaster. Um but in reality, Lyles has really, this team would not even be close to being the team that they are right now if Lyles wouldn't have been performing on this aspect. The bullpen would be gassed. Um, I don't know what the Orioles would have done. Um, so Lyles really was the glue that kept everything together as it relates to the rotation. And Bradish and Kramer, you know, we knew that they were okay. And, and they might just be okay, right? I don't want to go too far. But they have really overachieved against my expectations this right, season. So let's ask this question. So Bradish and Kramer both had a great week this week. Um, Bradish and Kramer, which one are you higher on right now going into the offseason? I'm it's it's hard. I will say that on the entire body of work for the season, I'm higher on Kramer. Okay. And I and I I understand that I am much higher on Bradish. And I've been this way for the entire season, where even when Bradish got demoted, mm-hmm. I said it's a command standpoint. Mm-hmm. He's got filthy pitching, like 
you look at the drop that he's seeing, like he's going to be a really good pitcher. And people are like, no, 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 he's not a good pitcher. And I'm like, just watch him pitch. Like it's so close to being really, really good. And we saw that this week with him pitching where he actually had command. And you're just like, when he got command, he's almost untouchable is the most way to describe it from a Phil standpoint. I will say, I mean, I co-sign everything you just said. I think that the high, the ceiling is higher for Bradish. Yes. The floor is higher for Kramer. I, I agree with this as well, that I think the floor is definitely there for Kramer, where even if Kramer doesn't work out for me as a starting pitcher, he easily is going to be a great relief pitcher. Um, Bradish, I think, is... I look at Bradish and I say, he could easily be a number three starting pitcher. I am just... I'm simply delighted that we're having this conversation about these two guys because I got to be honest, when I started pinning my hopes on the next great Orioles team, these guys weren't even in the conversation. Sure. And the fact that I think I was willing to write Dean Kramer off at the beginning of the season. Yeah, like, yeah, I remember Dean Kramer that. is not going to be what we think he's going to be. At best, he's a relief pitcher. Um, but I was just like, he's not going to be a starting pitcher. And now I'm not sure. Is the best way to put it. I love the fact that they have inserted themselves into our hopes and dreams for what the Orioles could be in 2023 and beyond. And, you know, if Kramer and Bradish are the kind of guys that can even hold the bottom end of a rotation in meaningful games in September and into the playoffs, that's a coup for the Baltimore Orioles. Agree, agree. Um, and then, you know, speaking about rookies, uh, you know, we started to see the reappearance of Kyle Stowers and Taryn Barbara. Um, and I was actually sitting at the game on Thursday, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But someone was asking me, like, Taryn Barbara, like, what do you do with him next year? And I'm like, I don't know. And I'm like, I, I don't know where I position him. I don't know where I'm going to play him. I don't know what I need him for. Like, I'm assuming maybe utility player, but I'm like, I don't know if he can play utility position because I don't think he's the glove for it. I said, so... Said I'm I'm a hard pressed aspect to see Taryn Barbara, but I was it was nice to see Taryn Barbara pop back up this week, have some really nice offensive performances, and it's great that they're starting to play Stowers a little bit more too, um, and just saying like, hey, we brought you up here to get at bats, let's give you bats over, you know, Aguilar for example, and I, I just it's about time is the best way to put it. Yeah, I, I think that well, you're gonna you're gonna get me into a spot where. Um, I will say that Stowers being a lefty mm-hmm. is certainly hurting his at bats. Yes, uh, but when he gets in there, he has made a case for himself. Yeah, and I, I will say Valverde to to a certain extent as well, also a lefty and making a case for himself to get a deeper look. And I think that he will get every opportunity in spring training next year. Yeah. to get at bats to be seen. Yeah. And that's that's a good thing for the Orioles. Yeah. So my only concern with Stowers and Barbara is just I don't think they're bad players is the best way to put it. Um, I just don't know if they're great players. Like I see them as like I see them like as Ramon Urias is the best way to put it. Like can get good, can be decent, but not quite at the level. And my problem with that is like I'm wondering the Orioles need to basically say we need to do big upgrades over post as opposed to saying, we're going to see what Star Wars can do, or we're going to see what Barbara can do. And I feel like if they want to take it to the next level, and they want to win 90-plus games, they've got to do upgrades over Star Wars and Barbara. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. But let me say that what Stowers and Barbara have showed me mm-hmm. this year mm-hmm. is that whoever they buy, mm-hmm. whoever they bring in, to add to our internal talent yep. to take the Orioles to the next level. When those guys are on the IL for 10 days, when they are ineffective for a week or two, yeah. we have guys like Vavra and depth. Stowers yeah. that we can turn to under club control yep. with options. And that is going to be the difference. I, I feel like the Orioles of 2024... Uh, 2012 to 20, or, I'm sorry, the Orioles from 2012 to 2014. Yep. Very good in the top level. Oh, absolutely. And beyond that depth, trouble. Yep. The next great Orioles team is not going to have that kind of trouble in the second uh, layer of depth. Sure. I agree with that aspect. Um, all right. Coming to home plate, 
Um, there was a report that came out and the athletic and it's actually been floating around for quite a while now. I think the Baltimore Sun actually reported on it two or three weeks ago, um, indicating that the Baltimore Orioles have contacted Goldman Sachs, um, to basically look at the option of potentially selling the team. Um, and just seeing, you know, who might be interested in there, you know, just assessing and feeling it out. The Orioles are not the only team doing this, you know, just South of us, the nationals are currently doing this as well. Um, so, Jake, what do we make of this? It's a really interesting time. We obviously, it's coming on the back of, you know, the lawsuits that's going on between the Angelus family. Um, this came from actually Peter's wife basically asking this to be done. Um, does this impact the offseason that we're going into? I don't think it, it impacts the offseason. What I will say is that as an Orioles fan, it it should be as a Baltimore fan. Mm-hmm. It should be impossible to ignore the discomfort of hearing that your team may be on the market and understanding the possible threat of losing the team. Right? We've seen that here in Baltimore. Again, this is going to be the second week in a row that we talk about football. We've seen that here in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's likely. I mean, the, even the, if he's solid, the state of Maryland just uh, you know invested what was it one point two billion dollars yeah. in the stadium right. complex, yeah, including Camden Yards. Yeah. I mean, they still have to, in essence extend the lease and everything like that too. Yeah. But again, and this ultimately comes back down to even if the Orioles were sold, if the Angels had said as of tomorrow we want to sell it, it still needs to go to Major League Baseball for approval, and Major League Baseball is going to make a contingent of saying you're not moving the team. Will they? Yes. See, I don't, I don't feel like Major League Baseball is going to be the white knight to save baseball I, in Baltimore. I guarantee you, Major League Baseball is not going to move. I just don't feel like Baltimore it messes is, up all their other plans. It's just not that big a market, but it messes up all their other plans. Like, let's hypothetically say someone buys it and says we're buying the club and we're taking it to Las Vegas. Like, let's just say hypothetically, sure, Oakland can't move to Las Vegas then. Okay. There's a lot other market teams that Major League Baseball has a much greater ire to than Baltimore. I don't know. Major League Baseball has done a really good job of sticking their appendage in Baltimore's eye over the last 15 years. So maybe it's a matter, and I completely agree with you, that they have not been happy in this given regard, um, is the best way to put it. Um, But maybe they make it a term of condition of sale. And saying, hey, if the Angelos sell the team, we are willing to accept this aspect, but we need to close ship on this whole Masson situation mm. and, in essence, end the whole Masson dispute once and for all. That I could see. That I absolutely could see. I, I, I think I that's the way it happens. I don't think it's likely that the Orioles move. Don't get me wrong. It, it's just I can understand an Orioles fan feeling oh, sure. uncomfortable. Yeah, you can feel uncomfortable about it, but in reality... There are so many teams that are doing this. You deal with enough smoke and eventually you're worried that there'll be fire. That's all. That's, that's true. But I would not be worried about this whatsoever. I think this is just, I think this is his business of baseball. Honestly, do you think that the Orioles being sold and staying local could actually be really great for the franchise? Think about it. A new ownership group, takes over a team that has historically been very bad mm-hmm. and is on the precipice of being very good. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe investing in the team is part of the purchase price. Maybe. Uh, it's it, it, People always want to look on the other side and say it's going to be pretty on the other side of the road. I, I, don't, I can't say one way or the other is the best way to put it. I just can't imagine that somebody would buy the Baltimore Orioles and have that be the result of more woes for a team that has had woes for 30 years. Agree. Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine it's going to be a, a matter where it's going to be like, well, we're going to go ahead and start rebuilding again or anything weird like that. I think it's going to be, if someone's spending, you know, I'm betting it's going to be somewhere in the ballpark of, you know, 1.2 to 1.5 billion, somewhere in that market. Crazy. Um, it's going to be the question of like, if I'm spending that much money, that I want to make an instant impact in order to draw the fan base back in. Um, and it'll be very interesting to see who comes as the white knight to Baltimore, is the best way to put it. Let me ask you this. Does, does an Orioles team not owned by the Angelos 
uh, family win back any of the stubborn fans. Yes. You think? Absolutely. I really wonder. There's no question in my mind. Hear me out. Yeah. Each of us knows people in our lives that are just stubborn. Yes. Hi, Jake. (laughs) And I wonder how many of those people who have said, well, I won't support the Orioles until the Angela's family, blah, 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 blah. Angela's family sells. I guarantee they come back. All right. Here's hoping. I guarantee they come back. And I think it'll depend on who the other ownership group they step in, in essence, gets to basically say, get the rubber stamp from. But if they, if a new ownership group comes in and it gets the rubber stamp for someone like Brooks Robinson and Cal Ripken, I guarantee every single, we'll call it boomer, that has said, I'm no longer watching the Orioles. If Brooks and Cal basically come back and say, we're giving our blessing to this new ownership group, I guarantee they come back to the stadium. So you're saying there's some copy pasta to be undone there's some copy pasta to be undone um there is still probably the aspect where people won't come back to the stadium due to the state of baltimore city in air quotation marks and i think we'll continue to see that group never come back to baltimore uh sam and alan i'm gonna need you to record a new podcast have scott and i on to have that conversation state of baltimore city quotation marks end quote uh we're gonna leave it there yep and that is us sliding in the home. Scotty, I want to take a quick break. I want to come back. You and I both had a great experience at Oriole Park and Camden Yards this past week. Together, right? Uh, I want to talk about both of those things right after this. All right, Scotty, here we are. I have been crying for people to support the Baltimore Orioles to go see this team in person at the stadium. You and I answered the call. Uh, I want to hear, you were at the game. Yep. Which game did you go to? Uh, I went to the Thursday game uh, against the Houston Astros. Uh, This was the Kyle Rodish game, and this was also Trey Mancini's return back to Baltimore. Ooh. Ooh, yes. tell, me every, tell me everything and tell me everything more. Uh, sure. So uh, Thursday night game, obviously a school night. Um, so there was about 10,000 people there. Were you well behaved on a school night? Uh, no, I was not. Um, they were giving a welcome to the show Gunnar Henderson shirt away. Mm. That was nice. Um, but yes, there was a classic you know, weekday game in uh, September. Most of the upper deck was closed down. Um, bottom row or bowl was Decently attended, but uh, yeah, it was a fun game. Kyle Broders pitched great, and uh, we had a great time, um, just like the good old days, spreading out in uh, Section 334 uh, with nobody in front of us and nobody behind us. Um, And we stayed throughout the entire game, um, all the way through the almost complete game. Yikes and yikes a half. No, 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 uh, that's wonderful. How, How was the experience at the park itself? I mean, it was good. I mean, it's just quiet is the best way to put it. Um, you know, fans that were there got, you know, loud. And it was great to see people stand and, you know, recognize Trey Mancini. Um, but, yeah, it was just a really nice game is the best way to put it. And, you know, we had a great time um, just going and just cheering on Trey. And we were glad to see Trey, you know, go hitless that evening is the best way to put it. Yeah, I want to talk about that for just a second. Uh, respectfully. Respectfully. Yeah. Respectfully. Respectfully. I would like to see Trey not hit again. Respectfully, it not hit against us. Yes, I, I would like him to go hitless, re- respectfully. See, I would have respectfully, respectfully here. I would have much preferred him having a home run in like the 6 to nothing game and breaking the shutout because I'd like to have him have some accolades, but in a, in a meaningless game. Is yeah. what it's going. But I would love to have him hit a ball like, 430 feet over Baltimore <laughs> and then for him to give it the middle finger as he's going by second base. I would love to see that happen. I, I also went to a game this week. Oh, nice. And I've got a little bit story time to okay. tell about. Do you, I mean, do you, Scotty, I, I don't want to keep you here all night. Do you have a little time for yeah, some I, story I got time. time? So upper deck, I'm assuming, right? Well, yeah. okay. So here's the deal. We uh, have a, a good Twitter friend that uh, bears mention. This is Stefan Frank, who tweets at 
Stefan A. Frank. Uh, he set us up with some excellent, excellent seats. Um, so this is like section seven, right? No, this was uh, this was uh, really, really nice. This was uh, section 46. Ooh, those okay. are really nice seats. Very close to the uh, opponent's dugout, and that will be important later on okay. the story. Now, as you know... Are you allowed in Section 46? Uh, there are a lot of parts of the park I'm not allowed okay. in. That's not on the list yet. But we'll get there. We'll get there. So Scotty and I were supposed to go... Uh, got banned from another section. <laughs> Scotty and I were supposed <laughs> to go together. Uh, due to a family situation, Scotty was actually unable to, to go... At the very, very last minute. And so uh, my wife and I went and uh, and we were unable to unload those extra two tickets. And that sounds like a bummer, but that's actually like the hero part of this story. Okay, good. So Sarah and I go to the game. We're sitting in amazing seats. Thank you, Mr. Frank. We're sitting in amazing seats. Uh, and this is the game that the Orioles lost 11 to nothing. Okay. And you might think... This sounds like a terrible instance. You might think, wow... That really sucks to watch your team get beat that bad, that close. About to say, I think I texted you in this evening and said you are no longer allowed in the lower bowl. <laughs> and you might have been right, but something happened that night that changed my view of that particular game. And it was one of those deals where I was reminded that, get the coin sound ready, Scotty, baseball is the best damn game there is. And it is so wonderful to be able to enjoy it at a different level other than did your team win or lose the game. One of the things that we witnessed is being right down on top of the Tigers on deck circle. We were able to see uh, Miguel Cabrera get ready to hit. And as you know, he's going to retire, right? And he is a legend. Cabrera uh, not only hit a ball, uh, into the outfield that was intended to be an intentional walk against the Orioles when he was a member of the the Florida Marlins, uh, but he's a, he, he's a surefire Hall of Famer Absolutely. in my view. Yeah. Uh, so we were uh, there for the game, and there were uh, some fans that came down to greet uh, Miguel Cabrera, draped in the Venezuelan flag. Okay. And uh, they came down, and they were calling out to him in Spanish, and. Uh, Cabrera turned around, waved at him, huge smile, greeted them warmly, and right in the middle of that interaction, an usher came to move them out of the aisle. And I have to tell you, I understand we were close. They were nice seats. I get all of that. But this game was A... Already out of hand. Already out of hand. It may have it may have already been eight to nothing at that point. Yeah. And two, there were there was nobody there. Yeah. It was a very, very empty game. And so this is where you not being able to come right. is the hero of the story. Um, so I said, "Hey, come sit, come sit right, right in front of us, two seats." And so they sat down. The usher, of course, demanded to see our tickets. Sure. Um, and so uh, we showed him, and he was disappointed that he couldn't kick these guys he's just out. Like, oh, okay, yeah, you do have four tickets here. So uh, these two gentlemen uh, sat there, watched the rest of the game. And uh, Sarah, my wife, uh, was chatting with them. You know, she's an ESOL teacher. Obviously, she speaks broken English or broken Spanish, rather. I speak broken English. She speaks broken, broken Spanish. Uh, but she talked to them. And uh, these two gentlemen, they said it was their dream uh, to meet Miguel Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera. Uh, and all they wanted to do that night was to get their Venezuelan flag signed by Cabrera. Yeah. Uh, and so looking at the scoreboard. Yep. The score no longer mattered. Sure. For Sarah and I, a win was, can we get these guys down to their flag and get it signed? Uh, So they didn't have a Sharpie. Yep. So the next step was off to the the Orioles store. Sarah ran off to the Orioles store, got a Sharpie, brought it back. Um, And then she went and made friends. These guys brought a flag, but did not bring a Sharpie. Look, I cast no aspersions. Okay. Sarah went down, found an usher right by the dugout, made some friends. Mm Mm-hmm. Told told this usher about her new friends that she had just met, right? And uh, the gentleman said, "No, I I can't uh, I can't pass the flag down. Yeah, I can't allow I can't, that. I can't go I can't go through the fence. Tell you what though, have your new friends come see me at the bottom of the ninth. Yep. So sure enough, the bottom of the ninth shows up. 
uh, McKenna is pitching, yep. and so I was happy as a clam because sure. you know how much I love position player pitching. Absolutely. And Sarah, that, that means we've both seen McKenna position pitch this. Yes. Season. Yeah. I've absolutely. Seen it for one of my games, and you've seen it for one of your games too. So different scenario. Yeah. Both in the lower bowl. Funny, imagine that too. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah and her friends go down at the bottom of the ninth, and sure enough, they went down there. They got their flag signed, and look, one of them was sixteen, one of them was twenty, and. The love of the game, the national pride, everything about that night for them mm-hmm. was beautiful. And it was really hard not to have that infectious joy rub off on everybody that they met. Yeah. And the game, the game sucked. The, game right? the, or- the Orioles <laughs> got killed. But we had such an amazing night hanging out with baseball fans. Yep. Who they weren't even Tigers fans. They were they were Miguel Cabrera fans, right? From the Arlington area, right? Usually they go and watch uh, Nationals fans. (laughs) (laughs) Usually they go and watch Nationals. Uh, But for for one night, we were we were uh, their last chance to see Miguel Cabrera play. Yeah, absolutely. Their last moment, everything like that too. I was so I felt so privileged to be there on that night. Uh, that the Orioles score didn't matter. It was one of those things where it was like, oh, right. This game is beautiful. Like if you allow it to, to take on that spirit, this game will make or break your heart, right? This is, yeah. this is a great game. And so, you know, we were up close and again, Stefan Frank, thank you so much for, for making this happen for us. But honestly, it's one of the best Orioles games I've ever been to and it was about everything that didn't happen on the field the only way this could have been better is if you would have been on a blimp <laughs> with the usher and you would have punched him in the face and he would have fallen off the blimp and you would have said no tickets <laughs> i will say there were plenty of orioles ushers that night who were wonderful yeah. to us and and to our new friends yeah um I, I will say that these were not the only fans uh moving down looking for new seats sure it was a matter of privilege right and uh it, the good guys won yeah that night and it was really nice to see so uh a, a beautiful event even when you don't win sometimes baseball is the best thing around well good i'm glad that uh your friends uh got what they needed to and like i said that is going to be a story that they'll have for the rest of their lives and you will too is the best way to put it too. And that's what uh, baseball is all about is those small stories that, you know, it's, it's like we talk about always baseball is also about white noise and the surroundings is the best way to describe it. And this was a game that what mattered on the field was not important anymore. It was over, but what was going around the field, what, what, what was important at that time. When I go into the ballpark, I still feel like, you know, I'm 10, mm-hmm. right? Every time I walk you in you act there, like you're 10 years old. I do indeed. <laughs> but the, these guys, their joy of baseball made me feel that way too good good now did you get your sharpie back and then unimportant unimportant okay well those were our game experiences uh for the past week if you have been to the game or, or have are going to go to the game um in the upcoming week um come and share your story with us do something for someone at the baseball park as it were um to try to spread that love of the game and love of baseball um who knows it may be your last Orioles game because you never know what can happen um no, I'm just joking about that. But seriously, it's one of those aspects where um, you know, baseball is always about stories is the best way to put it. Um, and it's great to create stories just like that. Um, speaking of stories, uh, we had some interesting um, stats going last week for Fantasy Boss. Let's go ahead and look at it really quickly and uh, see who won this week. Gosh darn it. Um, by that music, it looks like, Jake, you have tied it up 
um, at five even at this given point. This is a very exciting fantasy boss yeah, this year. This seems to be very the way exciting. it always is, where uh, I somehow have a lead, and then all of a sudden uh, Jake takes it away, or Jake takes an insurmountable lead, and then I'm like, double or nothing, and then I lose the double or nothing. Um, at least there basis. were no... Uh, bonus uh points there were what no do we call points. those uh, yeah. golden tickets golden or something tickets, there was yeah. something there was something all right so um looking at the stats um you had chosen adley rutschman who batted um 583 um ops against left-handed pitching uh i chose cedric mullins who batted 500 um both terrible it looks <laughs> like um so yeah it looks like they didn't improve much um but yeah adley rutschman who jake picked takes the lead so um uh, we're entering our last week jake um so what are we thinking for a category this week? So this is for all the marbles. This is all the marbles. We're going to get together next week and it will be, it will be fantasy boss. Yep. We will crown another winner. And so Scott, you know, this is the way it works. Usually the, the winner picks the category and the loser is able to pick first. I want to be more constructive than that. Mm-hmm. I want to work together. Okay. Right? I'm going to reach across the aisle, Scott. I want to build consensus. Okay. So I want to talk about what you want to do. Okay. I feel like we can do one of two things. Okay. We can pick a stat that's going to be meaningful for the team this week. Yep. Or we can go dumb. Mm-hmm. And if I were going to go dumb, it would be dongs. Dongs, yep. And so I ask you, do you want to go meaningful? Okay. Or do you want to go dongs? I, I want to go meaningful. And I've been thinking about this a lot in terms of what we could choose and what we could not choose. Um. And the one thing that the Orioles have continued to kind of flirt with this entire season has been their run differential. Uh, I disagree. They've been flirting with me. They have been flirting with you. But also run differential. So they've been positive for most of the season, then they dropped into the negative this past week. So, Jake, I ask you this question. Do you think the Orioles are going to have more runs scored or more runs allowed for the rest of the season? Okay, so let's let's look at we're we're gonna get together next week. Mm-hmm. Will there be season left? Yep. What? Oh we, no, we're gonna look at this. We're right gonna look at this now in real time. <laughs> Enhance. Enhance. All right. Let Let's figure this out. So, so usually the, the Orioles are gonna go to the Red Sox next, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and then they're gonna go to the Yankees. Oh God. Okay. And then they're going to come back home, and they're going to play. The Toronto Blue Jays. Oh, good God. Okay. I am going to say negative run differential. All right. So you're saying they're going to give up more runs allowed than runs scored. Yes. Which, if that happens, there is no chance for a playoff. Um, I would like to double down. Okay. I'm going to say the Orioles are negative run differential. Okay. But win more games than they lose. All right. I still think they're going to win more games than they lose as well. But I do think they're going to have more runs scored than runs allowed. Okay, that's perfect. So, yeah. Scott, you and I agree. Yes. More wins than losses. Yes. And you're going to take the over, and I'm going to take the under on run differential. Correct. which means it'll finish at zero. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We need a tiebreaker. We need a tiebreaker. If that's the case, yes. if, and if. only if, we get to that situation, Absolutely. we need a tiebreaker. And so I think we need to go dumb then. I think we need to go dumb then. So you need to take a dong, and I'll take a dong. That's fine. I think that's a, that's fair. So uh, I chose the category. What is your tiebreaker for dongs? For dongs? Yep. For, a, for an offensive player? Yep. I am going to go Gunnar Henderson. All right. I'm taking Ryan Mountcastle. Ooh, that's a good pick. Because again, we do have Toronto in there. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and I just have a feeling that Ryan Mountcastle is going to do something stupid in the last week to make it interesting. Um, but I could see Gunnar Henderson doing equally amazingly stupid offensive standpoints as well. Okay, none of this matters, but let yeah. me just walk you through the last week. Sure. Since we were together last. And as we know, previous data means absolutely nothing, means everything in the world and more. Yes. Uh, you have Adley Rutschman, Kyle Stowers. Gunnar Henderson mm-hmm. and Jesus Aguilar. Okay, with a home run. With a home run, and everybody else at zero. All right, that means Ryan Moncastle's due. It means. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jim Hunter. It means he's due. So yeah. okay. So what are we? What are we talking about here? Runs scored versus runs allowed. Runs scored versus runs allowed. You are taking uh, more runs scored. I am taking fewer runs scored. And in the instance in which there is a 
uh, zeroed out. We're then going to Dongs. Correct. You are taking uh, Ryan Mountcastle. I am taking Gunnar Henderson. What happens if we're tied then, Scott? Uh, at that point, we will go to a home run derby. We'll go to a hun- home run derby. We will go to a wiffle ball home run derby in the backyard of Jake and Lynch's house. I like it. No, it's going to have to be your house because my house is a That's hill. true. Uh, we'll go to my house and do a home run derby, uh, and we'll have to invite someone to come pitch. So, uh, Alan Smith, be, be, be ready if you see the bat signal. That's what all we're going to say. I, I like it. I like it. All right. From there, uh, I think we've got Fantasy Boss covered. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll find out who was good, who was bad, and who was ugly. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's time again for the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm going to go ahead and get us started. Scotty, there are so many great pitching performances that we can talk about. But here, as we get to the end of the season, I want to give my good to Jordan Lyles. This is a guy that I didn't think much of when we got him. It got to the point where every time he came out and he did something well, I was like, wow, he really exceeded expectations. He gave us a heck of a pitching performance this week with a complete game and for that performance i say that he's good but i'm going to say i'm going to say he's good for the whole season jordan lyles getting things done setting the tone being being humble being a leader in the clubhouse he has done all the things that i couldn't possibly have hoped that he would have done when we when we signed him and hey we've got him for another year next year we do if we pick up his option Jordan Lyles in my book, today, as ever, good. And we talked about them earlier. My good's going to go to two. It's going to go to both Kyle Bradish and Dean Kramer. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think Kyle Bradish is a little better um, this week in his start, but I can't take away from the complete game shutout. So Kyle Bradish and Dean Kramer both are my good for this week in Orioles baseball. All right, my bad is going to go to Anthony Santander. This past week, Anthony Santander had a 13 weighted runs created plus, and that poor performance is not even a strikeout problem. He had a 16.7 K percentage. He's just having a rough week at the plate. He had a 184 Woba. Yikes. Way to end the season. Yuck. Yeah, not not great whatsoever. Not uh, great, Bob. Not not great, Bob. Um, you know, my bad for the week is actually going to go to um, Joy Kreibel, who came in in two games didn't do so well from a earned run standpoint. Hasn't been great from a peripheral standpoint. Um, so he's my bad for the week. I think the bullpen is struggling right now. And like I said, it was really great to see three of our starting pitching going out um, and taking some burden off of them. But um, I think we are trying to get to the finish line as the bullpen is. Um, and like I said, it'll be interesting to see what else goes boom uh, for the bullpen in the days to come. Yikes. All right. My ugly uh, for this week is saying goodbye. Scotty, we are desperately running out of season. Mm-hmm. We are we are so close to the end here. And it really sucks. It really sucks to know that you might be seeing the last the last time that something's gonna happen. A home run from a particular player, uh somebody coming in from the bullpen and having a shutout, going to the park and seeing Orioles magic could be the last time you know we had something as silly as ben mcdonald having his final game on mass and yeah he's got he's got radio uh time left but there are starting to be some final things for the season mm-hmm. and i hate to see it i hate to see the end of baseball uh and so i will say that uh for me the ugly is saying goodbye to parts and parcel of the 2022 season uh, so my ugly uh, for, for this week in baseball is going to go to people that say the real home run record in Major League Baseball is 61 home runs. Uh, the real record is, again, Barry Bonds. It's not Roger Maris's. Um, as much as people want to paint it out of saying, well, Roger Maris is the true home run king, um, he's not. 
So sorry, but we're not doing asterisks is the best way to put it. So um, get over your fragile ego and uh, let's move on. You know, Aaron Judge is having a great season. Uh, there's no doubt about that. It looks like he's going to win the Triple Crown. Um, but um, when he passes, I'm not going to say even if he passes Roger Maris, he is not the home run king. Barry Bonds is still going to be the home run king. Um, sorry, Pat, bruises any ego tendencies um, out there for folks. You know, I think you and I have talked about this ad nauseum. I think you're on the right side of this, uh, but baseball has eras, oh, right? Sure. Dead ball, live ball, steroids era. All of that comes down to baseball looked like something at a certain time. And you can't compare it back and forth easily. You can't say, oh, this happened then, so that means this happens now. You have to take all of it into context. And the context of baseball is that it's constantly changing. But the one thing you can't take away is the fact that the numbers are the numbers. Barry Bonds is the home run champion, both in total and in single season. Done deal. Done deal. All right. Well, with that, let's go ahead and blow the save and uh, close this uh, episode out. Scotty, I'm going to go ahead and blow the save, and I just want to I want to tip my hat to the Baltimore Orioles, and not to the team that we see every night on the field. I want to tip my hat to the team that we don't see very often. Scotty, you and I have been Birdland members for a long time. We have season tickets. We go and we spend a lot of time with the Baltimore Orioles, and one of the things that... Um, we have have been lucky enough to to do is come in contact with the the team that has tirelessly served Orioles fans over the past several years in uh, customer service and ticket uh, sales and and uh, Burnland memberships. One of the things that happened just this past week is that I called in uh, to make a very unreasonable request about tickets. Very, very incredibly unreasonable request about tickets at the very last minute in a way that they had no obligation to to uphold and the Orioles uh made it happen for me in a big way and one of the things that they made happen uh for me in a big way is uh, tickets uh for a game that happens on my dad's birthday i mean it was high stakes for me and uh a, a, an area where they did not have to uh make it work this team is getting better they don't need me as a customer anymore. Um, and instead, I got really great service from everybody I spoke to at the Orioles. And so I just want to tip my hat to say that, you know, we are, are seeing things happen the right way on the field. And it's been really easy to malign the organization, but from uh, certain ushers at the stadium, event staff, uh, customer service, people at the ticket window, people that you call on the phone. There are so many great people doing such great work at the Baltimore Orioles, and my hat is off to them. Often it's thankless, and uh, I really appreciate it. It's always thankless, pretty much, but in this given instance, it's not. So hopefully you and your dad have a good time on his 25th birthday. And that, that is our show. Remember, you can find this in our entire catalog of indispensable episodes at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. Bird's Eye View is available for download wherever it is you get your podcasts. Subscribe to show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. Please remember to rate and review the show. We appreciate the feedback, and it encourages other people to listen for the first time. Come and get social with us. You can email us at birdseyeview... You can email us at contact at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. You can find us on social media. We're all over the place. Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. But the best way to get a hold of us is on Twitter where we tweet at BirdseyeViewBAL. And with that, Baltimore and beyond, I will bid you all a fun adieu adieu. Good night, Baltimore. Be safe out there. 
and let's go Oaks. still here? It's over. Go home. Go.